Welcome back to There's Always Another Podcast, a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. As always, I'm Justin, and I'm joined by... My upstairs neighbors sound like they're throwing their furniture, Beth. Cozy sweater, Sam. copyrighted sfx oh my god it keeps going yeah i guess the last of them and i'm caleb oh the, uh covid really did a number on you huh uh did a number on everybody else living here by this point i just have to applaud your dedication to the podcast to to fight such battles and then sprint to your microphone Look, with such good books, I have to talk about them with somebody. <laughs> this is your one chance. That's that's fair. Uh, also, Sam uh, shamelessly stealing Beth's planned introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've gotten some uh, particularly loud thumps over the last few minutes, so I needed a last minute change. There's a a, a trend uh, that you have probably noticed dear listener where beth thinks of something clever uh caleb thinks of something uh very creative and i come up with the first thing that comes to my mind (laughs) (laughs) the uh when you look at our recording interface where we also have to type in our names i'm almost always justin uh beth and caleb are usually some slight variant of their own name uh, Sam's covered is a wide range. Today he has logged on as Sam's cousin, parentheses, who is also Sam. I was going to say, yeah, you've got bits. They're just not out loud. They're invisible to the audience. I like the meta bits. That's, that's what <laughs> I'm here for. Just for us. That's just for us treat. and our Patreon subscriber. Who <laughs> <laughs> get to sit in on our recordings with us. Wait, no. <laughs> That's right, everybody. We launched a Patreon in the middle of uh, a book. (laughs) (laughs) In the middle of a short story. Yeah. I was was having lunch with some friends, and I was like, yeah, I got to get back to record the podcast. And they were like, how long does it take? And I go, you know, two to three hours. And some, one of them were like, I don't even know if it was a joke. It was just like, oh, is the like third hour for for the paid subscribers? I was like, uh... (laughs) No, and I don't think you're onto something. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think the that last hour is the bits that most people like to hear, where we try to figure out what's happening. God, yeah. let's hope so, because I sure don't shut up during that last hour. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we read the rest of the Emperor's Soul. Uh, it was a an unusual experience to to get through this uh, this novella in only two episodes, but uh, once again, I really liked this book. I, I it's one of my favorites of his, and I was very excited to read it again. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> we'll we'll get into it in the interesting section, but I really like this book. Yeah, it's just really good. It it's is just good. <laughs> Yeah, we read up to uh, day 42 
of of Shai's 100-day deadline in last episode. Uh, starting in day 58, we went uh, all the way through the epilogue. And uh, I think we can just go ahead and, and talk about what we had. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting to to send this until we started recording. Uh, but a, a big thanks to uh, Kalka Crypt in the 17th Shard Discord Cosmemes channel. Uh, because I, I do need to apologize, Caleb. The map that I gave you was only accurate till about halfway through the book. Uh, and so now we have an updated version for the second half of this book. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I was also going to say it depends on how in-depth you want the map to be, but you could also add... Actually, it always has a window. It's just the window changes over time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I noted you could put a big old fancy window in there as well, but that is that is wonderful. I, I love that. That's with If we can get permission, I'd love to put that on Instagram as well. We already have it. It will definitely God be bless. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Cosmemes channel is great. Most of them I cannot share with this podcast because they're later stuff. Right. Uh, but they're they're very good. Uh, yeah, because we're we're starting here with, with day fifty-eight, and Frava is returning to to visit Shy to do some of, of her negotiation. And uh, Frava walks in the room, and the room is much fancier again there's now like a, a fancy marble inlay floor there's a nice hearth uh partway through this frava realizes the room is bigger and i i do like still with with the way that we've been taught that forgery works is when you make one of these stamps and you try to to change an object it needs to be kind of narratively plausible for the thing itself and so uh, Shai learned through the, the palace records that th the room that she's in and the room next door used to be one room and then they built a wall to separate them. So it's a very easy change to just make this room the bigger one and the other one the smaller one. So yeah, it's now a, an even nicer room. Yeah, let's change the physical architecture of a building. Uh, yep. <laughs> let's just, you know, to quote uh, a, a famous source, um, Ed Ed and Eddie. Uh, was that the support beam to the house? <laughs> yeah, I hope that wall wasn't load-bearing. No. Oh, boy. I am confused, but I'm not mad. <laughs> Actually, Shy did the math. It was a load-bearing beam, but it should stay stable for the next 42 days. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but the, uh, the structural integrity of this room does become relevant. It's true. But uh, Frava is is checking in with uh, with Shai's progress here, and uh, also wants is somewhat concerned about you know why are you why why are you continuously making your room nicer instead of you know the thing that we have told you to do. And Shai says, "I need to I need to calm down. Carving relaxes me. Also, I want to be comfortable while I work. Uh, but the work is progressing." Shai says she, she's tested over a hundred variations and, and iterations of, of stamps and is, uh, is going, to start, uh, going to start carving them down uh, and combining them to, to about a dozen or so. But who's and she been testing them on? She's been testing them on Gautona. Arbiter Gautona. There you go. 
The old man. The yeah. Old man. <laughs> Got him. I love that little exchange. <laughs> just like, you know what, Frava? Fuck you. Old man. Yeah. <laughs> I was already showing respect. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is that, like, on her interactions with Gautana, there is a considerable amount of mutual respect there. It's just to piss off Frava. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we hear some more about the, the planned mechanics. Which is that for something as complex as reconstructing a person's soul entirely, there's actually going to be several stamps involved. And they will uh, they will go onto a, uh, a metal plate or something like that. And then the emperor will carry that with him and there will be one stamp on him that kind of seals the whole operation. And uh, I, I quite like this exchange too, where... Uh, Frava says, so we need to stamp him every day and he has to carry this object with him all the time. Like it's going to make it a little hard to, uh, to live his life. And Shai responds that he's the emperor. He does not get to live a normal life. That's already been given up. So d can like a servant carry the metal plate or does he physically need to carry the metal plate? That was confusing to me. Is it? Is it like the nuclear code, so they've got to be within, like, 15 <laughs> feet, but he doesn't necessarily need to have them? Um, I, I kind of like this this concept. It's also some more Mistborn DNA, the idea of, like, kind of hiding this magical object mm -hmm. as a piece of jewelry or adornment. Um, so I, the, the way I read it was it's it's going to be on his person. It's probably part of his, his wardrobe is... Right wear this medallion or this um, whatever it turns out to be. Um, but yeah, engraving important magical information onto a, a metal plate and then having to be in physical contact with that metal plate. Sounds sounds familiar. So he's just going to walk around with like a Flavor Flav medallion? <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, again, he's the emperor. He can do that. Yeah, what are you going to say? No? <laughs> it would probably become the new style. just cause Exactly. People... Yeah. I want to carry a giant metal plate around with me all the time. The Emperor, the Emperor does it. new clock. <laughs> I mean, Shai does make the comparison to her own essence marks and how uh, the the case that they're in, there's a, there's a plate in there that has a lot of the details. And presumably this is much smaller because Shai doesn't need to do nearly so much work with, with her own. Uh, but it seems like there would be some leeway, uh, although with something as complex as what's happening to the Emperor, maybe it does need to be like something he carries with him all the time. There's also a uh, some interesting theorizing from, from Shai. Uh, this is kind of completely off the, the map speculation by, by her part. Uh, but she says, maybe it's possible that with him being stamped with this same the same essence mark every single day it's possible that eventually it'll kind of wear onto him uh, but this is yeah th th this has really never been done before as far as shine knows so who knows we'll see what happens the next development here though is a, a potential wrinkle for for shy uh, which is that frava says that she's going to take shy's notebook and have it copied and then bring it back and there's uh, there's some back and forth here where uh, Frava makes the, the quite reasonable argument, honestly, that 
given how important these notes are, it's irresponsible to only have one copy of them. You should always have backups. Uh, but Shy knows, and presumably Frava knows that Shy knows, and all that kind of back and forth, that this is also so that they can potentially get rid of Shy if they if they have her notes and like she thinks about if if they can decipher them enough and and finish the job then they don't need shy anymore so that's a, another kind of looming threat and hiding it all behind good data management practices the bastards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as as this day closes uh two other things we have a another kind of check in on the uh the relationship between Zoo and Shy, which is still that Zoo wants to kill Shy, uh, but she's figured out <laughs> she's bad. figured out some of the the motivation there, uh, which is that with with her break in and theft of the Moon Scepter, that was kind of a very personal failing for him on kind of his his main duty, and so he uh, he very much wants to to make up for that by icing a young girl. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not always the most logical process. Uh, yeah, and then at the at the close of this day, uh, Frava reiterates the the offer that that she has made, of how about you uh, hack the emperor's personality and then we'll put you in charge of crime. And uh, and Shai says yes. So uh, we'll see where that leads. It leads to day fifty nine and the most relatable sentence of the book. Mm-hmm. Shy slept poorly that night. <laughs> yeah, no, I I quite like that. In addition to all of the, you know, extremely high stakes and and magical problems that we have to solve, we also have this is very stressful, and so she can't sleep. I feel like if there's one weakness in this book, it's that almost Shy is almost too clever. There's no like grand reveal at the end it's just like oh shy was right about everything <laughs> uh which is great it's i mean she prepared as hell it's awesome but it's like all right i you know i could read this in a float tank <laughs> like uh, i don't know i'm just i know what it's gonna happen i don't need to guess it's a little <laughs> pressure off me i think that's totally fair which is also why i appreciate chapters like this because having finished the book we know it's like well she pretty much gets it right good for her but chapters like this of like i don't know if my work is good enough to keep me alive help keep the stakes high and keep Mm -hmm. us from from getting too overconfident in my opinion that also just reminds me i'll get into it in further detail later but attack on titan brain fans we uh I took some L's today. Didn't did not go <laughs> super according to plan. Just want hmm. just want to acknowledge that right off the bat. So uh, yeah, the uh, the the sleepless night here. Shy is uh, is worried that day fifty nine may be the the final day here because if if Frava's other team can figure out what she's doing then they're probably just going to kill her in the morning and 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 why bother with the rest of it so it's a uh, it's a it's a sleepless night and and she's got lots to to think about the hope uh, she talks about how her notes themselves are a a forgery of sorts uh, she calls it a a forgery of tone uh, where it's it's not 
an imitation of any particular object. It is a it is an imitation of a kind of a sense of feeling of she's known for for a little bit now that there likely is another team studying her work. And so the notes have to look intimidating. They have to look like you can't figure this out. Let Shy do all of it, and then maybe you can try to swoop in at the end, but this is this is over your head right now. You don't even try. And it also has to actually serve as her notes. So there's another <laughs> level there. I really like the the part of this scene where eventually she just decides, you know what, if I'm not going to be able to sleep, I might as well might as well start doing some work. And so she she gets up and and uh grabs some of her her uh her notes, her other readings and whatnot. And I really like the the interaction with the the guards, because there are guards in her room basically all the time. Uh, and they've got, you know, a table, a little lamp, they're playing some cards, and they like they have no idea what's going on, just that they have to guard her very closely. There's this this very like human relatable scene where one of the guards is just like, oh, is, is the light too bright? Sorry, I are we interrupting your sleep? And I I really like this this part of it. Me too. They're they're respectful. Yeah. Yeah, and this is I I kind of wish we had gotten a, a couple more scenes building up to this because it's kind of been mentioned. Oh, Shy is getting to know all the guards and like is trying to get a feel for all their personalities. And I think this scene on its own also is a good indication of that. Of like they get along. There's mm-hmm. there's no like real antagonism between her and the average guard. Um, that I also thought was really neat. The reading that Shy is doing this, I guess, early morning at this point, uh, she's looking back at uh, what happened in in Emperor Ashurban's life that kind of led to uh, where he is now. Because she's, she's focused a lot on when he was first becoming Emperor, though she hasn't quite figured that part out yet. Uh, but early in the journal, he's got these very kind of passionate, idealistic leanings and from what we've seen recently it's a lot more kind of indulgent and 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 she's studying here this night on how it wasn't really any one particular incident or anything it was just that the the kind of the nature of being the emperor the way that the palace runs and everything is provided for you and all that it was it becomes very easy to just start coasting and and so that's what she thinks eventually happened to Asherman and led to where he closer to where he is now i love that i feel like there's a version of this story where like there was some big dramatic breaking point and shy has to like weasel the information out of Gaotona or something along those lines but this just rings so much more true and human to me that it it's it i like this version a lot also, his poetry sucks. <laughs> the poetry's <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, there's also, like, an interesting, like, anti-Rashek, like, foil here of Rashek had a few minutes of power and was trying to make as many changes as possible to fix everything, whereas Ashravan has all the time in the world, and because of that, he keeps pushing all the changes he wants to make off until he doesn't mm-hmm. really care about them anymore. I thought that was a really interesting... Uh, contrast but they both just got carried away they got really <laughs> carried away 
No blood fountains, as far as we know, in the Rose Empire. As far as we know. <laughs> I think it would be really funny if, like, you know, evolution keeps making crabs. Empires in the Cosmere just keep making blood fountains. <laughs> it just keeps happening. In Shy's notes, she's like, and I took about, I took out his impulse to make blood fountains, because, come on, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, no, the stamp won't take now. <laughs> that was really important. It was a linchpin. to his soul. Uh, by the way, uh, Evolution repeatedly making crabs, that's next book. Oh yeah, get Ooh. ready for crab. crab be prepared for giant enemy crab. Roshar yes. is carcinization the planet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is one kind of very sleepless, stressful night. Uh, but eventually it's it's morning. Uh, the the blood sealer arrives. Uh, he is, uh, he's hungover, uh, but he's early. So he's, he's there in plenty of time to, uh, to restamp the, uh, the blood seal on the door. And then, uh, right after that, Frava arrives and, uh, she is, uh, frustrated and just kind of unceremoniously gives the notes back and says, keep working. I'm, I'm done with you for now. So I made it one more day. Well done. The blood sealer always being hung over <clears throat> reminds me of the caddy shack because the fucking the caddy master would show up every morning just hung over <laughs> it was great yeah there were some characters there i don't have many memories i quit in a huff because uh because they kind of fucked me over long story um but i don't miss it because it's uh, caddying is uh, 30 bucks for six hours of work yeah. I, sexism worked in my favor there fortunately because they would always be like oh my god your feeble womanly bones got around the course have another 20 bucks so i think i out earned justin you and tim handling <laughs> even though i was not good at it i had a six hour round once uh me and lewis collectively went insane about halfway through because it was the only way we could survive it and uh <laughs> one of the one of the people there drove his golf cart into a bunker and we had to push it out Gosh. Yikes. So is caddying like a important coming of age job to have where you guys grew up? Because I that was never on the table for me. Uh in my family? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm surprised to hear that Sam also has caddying experience. Yeah. That's news to me. Yeah, my cousin is apparently a legend there of mild notoriety so your cousin sam who is also sam <laughs> yes his name is my name too so uh yeah the the plan seemed to work to to keep the the other forgers off of uh shy's trail for now frava just kind of dumps the notes back in uh in shy's possession and leaves it in a huff so made it a little bit longer uh, and we actually go from there all the way to, to day 70. So some good progress gets made there. Day 70 is, uh, it's it's time for some some more significant progress on testing bits of, of the Emperor's uh, stamp with Gautama. And and this is a, this is a good scene. I like this one. Uh, first of all, we see that that Gautama is is apparently learning a bit about forgery. Uh, and uh, he he says that given that he is is undergoing this most days, it it makes sense and it it uh, 
it comforts him a little bit to to understand what's being done to him, which I, I can appreciate that sentiment. I mentioned last episode that anyone can do this if they just learn, which is unique kind of ish so far. And like, hell yeah, Gautona, draw yourself <laughs> a little doohickey, make a coffee stamp that makes it so you're not tired. <laughs> I don't know, something simple. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he's uh, interested in in doing any forgery himself. But yeah, I appreciate that he is uh, he he's he's diving deep enough that he's actually able to to understand some of what what Shai is working on. And the the stamp here today this is a this is a crucial one. This is one she's been working on for a while. We we saw some of it earlier of what was Ashravan's initial motivation to to seek the throne uh and we figure out it's it's close enough that uh that shy has has finally finally gotten it it's it's gautona it's the relationship between the two of them of uh of gautona seeing kind of seeing people as the the best possible version of themselves and that very kind of subtle disappointment when they're not living up to it. Uh, that was that was what made Ashravan say, "I can I can do something for this em- for this empire." Is I want to be I want to be the version of myself that that Gautana thinks I could be. And that's a that's a hell of a thing for Gautana to experience. If we circle back to their relationship when uh, post-stamping of Ashravan way in the future. Uh, and it's great. It's just a nice... Yeah, they like each other, definitely. Poor Gautana. <laughs> I, know what it's fe- I know what it's like to misread a relationship. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. I also know what it's like to misread characters in this book. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't feel good either. Gautona's a great character. I did still enjoy this quite a bit, but I was considerably off the mark, and I admit that. Yeah, what were you thinking reading this chapter, Caleb? Were you like, ah, the ruse? <laughs> we'll 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 get into it at the at the end thoughts. All right. Uh, the other thing that we learn here is that apparently, uh, basically, I suppose there's only there's what five arbiters that we saw, but all of the other arbiters starting with frava and then all of the others except gautana have also tried to to convince shy with some sort of bribe uh that she should uh, she should let them have some control over the emperor and gautana is the the one of them despite having presumably the most chance to because he's there all the time at least sometimes alone uh that he has he's not done such a thing and so shy is uh is reading him as a a very genuine person and is going to make it very difficult to to try to trick him then the uh the the ending conversation here uh, i think this is another good one where the, the two of them just kind of actually get to kind of talk about the task at hand here and that shy is 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 kind of questioning like i didn't think that uh, that you would take the time to to study soul stamps and forgery, uh, so you know maybe you've maybe you've changed your mind about about what it is I do, uh, and he says no, I I still think it's it's a terrible thing, 
it's just uh it's it's necessary and you know if if i'm if i'm asking you for this i should at least you know treat it with with some understanding and uh and and shy's impression of him is that he's not he was willing to do this to to work with her to to try to get ashravan back and for the others that was so that they could maintain the empire maintain the power that they have gautino wants his friend ashravan was a, a close friend and and he's he's badly wounded and and gautino wants to see if he could if he could be healed and then the 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 wrap up of our our day here is is gautino kind of pondering how is it that shy has these has built these relationships with a lot of the people around her uh you know he's there's this interaction between the two of them uh, he's he's seen that that shy you know talks to the guards talks to the servants knows like talks about their families and whatnot and, and he says how do you, you know, how, how do you how do you do all this even though you're trapped in this room and uh and and she talks about how people want to have control over over the environment around them you know we we build buildings we to to live in we try to control uh, the the weather that we live in all that and and some kind of fundamental piece of that is understanding and and maybe even controlling the people around you and especially for shy that's kind of all she can do right now so it is it is something that she is is very well practiced at and has has worked on here very very good at it um yeah i i tried to keep my mind wrapped around this as i was reading it but i you know my add kicked in a little bit but you know what the overall impression was this is great and it's not heavy-handed it's it's just like relatable and real yeah it's it's great uh and the mixture that this book has between that narrative and that philosophy is is really cool yeah i think this i completely agree and i think that reading this right after reading elantris is is particularly tasty because you know we read the postscript of elantris where brandon was like you know if you have characters you you like and you relate to that's the most important thing above all the swords and sorcery and now here we are, we have two characters in a small room and just really narrowing in on their relationship, the like specter of the emperor looming over them. It's very good. This whole chapter rules. I mean, the whole thing rules, but this chapter in particular is a really good little am amuse-bouche of, of what the whole thing's got going on. And then we end with just an another kind of little bit of, uh, of humor stuck in there. Uh, and I, this could go overboard, and I don't know if uh, if it was if it was good for y'all, but like it made it makes me smile. Where we go right from we've figured out we figured out why Ashravan became emperor, and it's a, a very personal thing with Gautana, and we see this relationship between Gautana and Shai that's been developing, and it's it's really really cool to to dig into that. Uh, but this this project is so in depth that the next question that Shai has to solve is why does Ashravan hate fish? <laughs> and and that's where we're gonna go and leave the chapter on that. 
which is apparently visceral enough to require a stamp. Yep. More important than the blood fountains, guys. <laughs> and I, I wonder if this is just kind of like a technique of Shy's of working on these two kind of very different uh, levels of importance. Because we saw when she first started this process, she was testing, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? Okay, what did you think about your brother who died when you were six? Like, those were right back to back as well. Did we already make the security question joke? We did, yes. We did. What street did you grow up on? <laughs> what's your favorite color? What's your least favorite food? And why did you decide to become the emperor of this entire nation? Yeah. <laughs> Do you love to go wandering beneath the clear blue sky? <laughs> Do you like movies about gladiators? Uh, off topic, but at I think it was at last year's Desert Bus, Graham did a um, a Jonathan Frakes asks questions section, and the uh they they put it up as two different videos uh one where they have they have cut it like the original where it's just cutting right from one question to another uh and one that includes him running about the room to pose in different places in front of different cameras between each question (laughs) but anyway uh on to day 76 we are we're starting to we're starting to get into uh, dangerously few days left uh, in this procedure and shy has apparently been uh, been working on the escape plan and she's got part of it even ready to go uh, she has a a forgery a very mundane forgery uh, of a a letter much like the one that she sees the the blood sealer with and uh yeah, she she thinks she's figured something out, and and she asks him about it. Of, uh, you know, you you got uh, you got a letter from home. I hope it was I hope it was good news. And he is uh, he does not react well to this. He's he's kind of freaked out that she knows this about him. But uh, and 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 thinks it's even a a threat from Shy of of bringing up his family. And and she says that's a a little rich coming from you who is is marking sigils with my own blood every day. But uh, yeah, there's there's a moment here where she thinks she might be able to uh, to to get her plan into action, and then she doesn't because her project isn't done yet. We I mean we're gonna obviously talk about it because it happens in the book, but I do want to put a pin on the on the letter <laughs> because I find it weird and problematic narrative wise <laughs> okay we will uh, yeah we'll get back to that when Shy actually does put her her plan into motion but we, we got close and then did not today we did learn that the letters are from her which I want to put a pin in you mean her her <laughs> it that that um speaking of me misreading characters in this book we also find out that he is the blood is apparently little more than a youth carol Stryken, little more than a youth perfect <laughs> casting well and uh and shy kind of points out that uh because of of where he's from 
he he seems he looks older or he looks kind of an, an undefined age to a lot of people and it it's taken her this long to realize that he's actually a, a fairly young man i do also enjoy the him saying your trickery and magics with which shy lamb shades but it's like you witch with your tricks and your magics now let me ink this seal with your blood so that my skeleton pets will hunt you see you tomorrow he's just doing his job yeah <laughs> i mean he is like we'll, we'll get to that later but he is but yeah this is like this is a big turning point i think where there's been this this dual motivation that shy has had this whole time of uh I need to I need to work on this project so that they don't just kill me and I need to escape. And there's a there's a turning point here where she has a moment where she can start to put her escape plan in action and she doesn't because she really wants to actually finish this project. And I I really like the way that that has turned over the course of this story. I just I just uh I wrote in my notes, um, Shy finds herself growing fond of old Ashy. Shy finds herself again growing fond of old Ashy. A little redundant, <laughs> but okay. And I don't remember the passage that this is about, and I really need to quote my passages more when I'm writing my notes. <laughs> There's somewhere you've grown fond of him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I see the one point. I, I also don't know where the other one was. Oh, well. Oh, well. She's grown accustomed to his essence, but uh, as as before, it's time to uh, time to do a, a bit of of other uh, forgery to just kind of clear the head, get this get get those questions out of the way for now. We'll we'll come back to them later. Uh, and what we get is the the scene that was the the image at the beginning of this story that we had the the one illustration. Yeah. Of. Uh, this this mural on the wall this is now uh th this room is now beautifully decorated at this point and and this one wall has this enormous uh kind of floral and vines and and geometric shape uh mural and i'm i'm glad that we do have the the art for this in in arcanum because it's it's a a really cool image it's also like i like this don't get me wrong but it is an absolutely wild like shift in how her forgeries have worked so far. Because we've seen her forge art and forge vases and tables and things and paintings. I think the painting was like a traditional, like mm -hmm. I don't think there was a stamp on that. But regardless, like we've seen her be able to forge artwork before. And she is not forging the mural. She's forging the wall so that, in fact, someone else has already painted mm -hmm. on it years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like every time a significant forgery is done, I gain a little bit more appreciation of uh, how broken this magic <laughs> potentially is. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them of, like, yeah, a guy used to be upstairs a few years ago, but now I've rewritten the history of this building so that he was in here instead and also had paints. And there's some there's some discussion here that because uh, Gautina has just arrived to see this, so there's some discussion where Gautina is is trying to to understand this, uh, and there's a, a a brief moment of we, we get some more geopolitical info where uh, Gautina is trying to say like 
uh, well, the, the artist was, was Jindo and, and your Jindo. So there's some relation there, but like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then Shai also is like, also, I'm not Jindo. Like people say that, but let's clear this up. That's not true. I am hashtag my pawn. <laughs> and that also, uh, I wrote down in my notes of like, not quite there, but Sam back, like actually got pretty close with the guess that this was all going to be about Jindo or, or super related to Jindo. Um, and that's when I realized something. And I don't think I would have made this realization without Sam's guess from last episode. So I want to give him half credit on this, but it's once more. That time of the podcast where I look at a previous book. <laughs> okay. Because we we learn later that Sikla also exists, which means the Fjordel Empire is around. We don't know exactly what the timeline is, but she mentions not Opalon. She mentions Sikla, which means that's that that's Fjordel talk. So the Fjordels are around. And if you were if you were a hoity-toity Fjordel person, and you were talking about how all magic in the world besides your own was was evil and bad and needed to be wiped out. And there was particularly a land far, far away with magic you didn't know all that much about and a culture you didn't know that much about. You might call that sort of magic uncivilized or untamed or, or perhaps barbaric. Barbaric, Sam. Hmm. Yes. You and I were on the same wavelength here. A hundred percent. Hell yeah. Because, yeah, we sure do have some Rose Barbarians question mark on the Sikla map back at Elantris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you mean that that kind of civilization could be seen as barbaric? Oh, <laughs> the question mark. Question mark. <laughs> uh, I got a little bit later. It was when uh, when they were talking about guarding the, the Teo Peninsula. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a couple more hints towards it later on. Um, that was when it struck me. I was like, oh. Rose. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm still looking at this map. I'm still there's still a couple of weird things. Of one, where the Rose Empire is seems to be considerably far from where Jinto is. Which you know, if she's talking about our people were related like centuries ago, then it's it makes sense why they wouldn't be in exactly the same place. Um, but my other like. Just big question is, again, if Shai is mentioning Sikla, it means the Fjordal Empire exists at this point in time. So wh why is why is Serene talking about how Teod and Erlon are the only countries left in the entire world that stand against the Fjordal Empire? Are they just, like, truly not putting in effort to make any contact with these guys? Or, like, what's, what's the deal? Because the Rose Barbarians on the map are way closer than I would have expected when I first started reading this book and was like, oh, it's technically on the same planet, but there's not a lot of overlap. Um, I was excited, but also surprised to see that they are apparently fairly nearby. I have a theory. And I, okay. I guess we're talking about this. Yeah, let's go. Let's, yeah. We're not going to have a theory section at the end of this one, so let's go for it now. <laughs> That's true. My theory is that this takes place in the past and that after Ashravan's rule... Uh, the Empire fell and then kind of splintered. And that's why they're referred to as barbarians, because their civilization, like, collapsed. That's my theory. I also have one more very specific thing. And this one, I think I'm kind of reaching. But it's it, it's also an interesting theory that I don't I don't know if we have any confirmation of. But we, we found out last time that um, uh, one of the marks, the mark on the top of all the seals... 
um, Shai says looks like uh, my pawn. And presumably there's only that one mark at on the top of the seal and on the bottom of the seal, it can take any other sort of form of shape. But uh, no, this is, now I'm looking at it again, that's quite a reach. I'm just gonna say it anyway, it's probably nothing. Um, uh, presumably, if this is a magic system that's similar to Aeon Door, there's multiple aspects of carving shapes that take from perhaps the land around them. And if you look at any of the seals on any of the chapters, on both the left and right side, there's like a series of four dots in a kind of vertical line, which kind of resembles the chain of islands between Arlon in and Teod. Again, I'm a, this is probably nothing because they would probably label my pawn on the map because my pawn presumably still exists in some form if they're making my pawn food. Um, but sticks. I don't know. It was, yes, and the my pawn sticks. It was just interesting to me to see a, a series of dots on one map that sort of resembled a series of dots on the seals. But that's probably, that that one is probably a coincidence, but I felt like it was worth bringing up. So while we're on this topic, I do have a couple of, of answers that I think we can talk about from things that Brandon has said. Uh, and one of them is actually in, there's a bit of a, a weird um, consequence of the way that the order that we're reading books in and the fact that we're going, we're using Arcanum Unbounded for this. Uh, the way that this book is is physically structured is it's divided up by location, uh, where there's there's a a small collection of stories for each location that we we visit, uh, and before each of those, um, like if you if you look at the the kind of splash pages and the table of contents, there's a section labeled the Sellish System, uh, and at the beginning of that, there is a little blurb uh, that is written by the author of the Ars Arcanums. That's just kind of some general thoughts about the the planet here. And so they talk a little bit about Cell and what's going on with the different uh, the different people there. And it's not like we don't know anything super specific, but we do know that um, Cell is larger than you think. It's quite a bit bigger than Earth. Uh, and so the the distances are are bigger than you'd expect. And so the uh, the Rose Empire and the the Fjordal Empire and or whoever they conquer, they have kind of existed in parallel for a while and are are kind of like will willfully ignorant of each other. Where it's like we see with the the map labeling them Rose Barbarians question mark. It's like yeah, there's some people over there, but we don't really care about them because they're way over there and we never interact. Hmm. So. Uh, but there was also, I'm looking also through some words of Brandon about this matter. Uh, there's also, uh, I, I just saw the question, uh, how did the the separation of the Maipon and the Jindoese people happen? And he said, uh, that's something I'll probably talk about in a future Elantris book. So I've hmm. got no idea there. All right. When do we get to read the, the, the Seller System thing, the blurbs? Um. So I, I'm not sure exactly when we'll probably at some point we're going to circle back and read like a couple of short stories all in a row because they actually right. are short stories. Uh, the the uh, the seller system intro was a little too heavy on Cosmere mechanics to actually get into right now. All right. Uh, back into I, I really appreciate the, you know, the whole big tangent on how this this interlinks. Uh, but then we get back into here 
and we have another really great scene with uh with shy and and gautana and talking about forgery and shy as a person uh and it starts with sam i think i think sam you mentioned this like 10 minutes ago this was not not that long ago on how like shy has done actual painting forgeries and and gautana notes that the the stamp that made this mural does include like information on how it was painted because given the time and the materials shy could have actually painted this and so we get back to to gautana kind of in his mind he says you know you could you could accomplish this real actual art and she says i did accomplish real actual art i did a forgery because that's what i do i don't think they would have given her paints for what like what yeah, that's like, true they would have been like no we need to be working dude <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know like if you're if you're forging like soul stamps just to mess around with your room yeah that's like thinking and whatever but that's a little far afield gautona like i don't know it would be funny if gautona brought in paints shy painted the whole thing and the next time frava comes in She's like, hey, who gave you paints? And then Shy has to make up, like, oh, no, no, I actually forged the wall so that someone else painted it, actually. I, I promise I don't have paints. Uh, Shy makes a, uh, a kind of a segue from this topic because she doesn't like talking about it uh, and, and gets back to how uh, Gautana has been learning so much about, uh, about forgery. Uh, and he says that uh, he's he's actually had some some help with that. He's had some uh, he's had a pretty good uh, example to study, uh, which is Shy's own essence marks, which we saw uh, way back at at the very beginning when they were they were offered to her as payment for this task, uh, and apparently Gautana has a hold of them now, uh, and uh, he's been he's been studying them to try to figure out how. Uh, something as complex as an essence mark works and it's almost literally everything everywhere all at once i i wrote that down in my notes as well she can everything everywhere herself <laughs> yeah basically and it's really cool it is yeah <laughs> she doesn't even have to s shove a sculpture up her butt to do it <laughs> it's a weird movie it was a very good movie it was a very weird movie yeah <laughs> So yeah, we get actually uh, kind of a an overview of what the different essence marks that she has are, and I, I think it's really cool how we how we go through these. Uh, we have uh, Shizan, who is a, a a warrior, someone well well trained in in combat. Uh, we have someone who can who can survive outdoors, live off the land. Uh, we have uh, another who is a a dedicated scholar, and and Gautana says you already are, you know, you've, you're doing all this research. You're already somewhat of a scholar, and and Shai says that you can't, you know, one person can't know everything, and so expertise is domain specific. Exactly, <laughs> and so this uh, this stamp uh, is a an expert on many languages of the world. Uh, different uh, different cultural studies, uh, 
uh, and and also some uh, some science and math. It's the SAT stamp. Exactly. <laughs> There's a couple. I have a couple notes for this one. One, Beth and I are watching JoJo, best watching for the first time. We're getting very close to a reference I could make here, but unfortunately, we're not quite there. Um, <laughs> Should I take out my headphones? And just no, it's, never it's, to this it's episode? not a huge deal. Um, okay. But I am I, I, I tell me I'm crazy. I'm probably crazy. I feel like I've seen the word Muladil before. Why? Why is that? sound familiar i feel like it's probably it sounds like a dune thing secretly but it's not actually a, a cosmere thing that i should already know it does sound like it's from dune <laughs> I, I i think it's legitimately i'm conflating it with with some dune vocab words it did come up uh last week i believe uh it is the uh, i'm looking this up on the copper mine right now uh it is the the former part of the rose empire uh, like it, it used to be an independent country. It's now part of the Rose Empire. Uh, it's where the Strikers are from. Who is, oh, is uh, okay, okay, okay. Zoo the guard. Gotcha. Okay, that that checks out. Thank you for that. That was driving me nuts. And then this was also we now. <clears throat> excuse me. We now have the explanation. Thank you, Justin. But. I, again, I was weirded out that she was like listing all these languages and she said even a few from Sikla and then looking back at the Atlantis map of like, you're on the same map. Why is why is Sikla like divided out from the other languages? It seems like you've mentioned Sfjordel several times. It seems normal that you would, or Sfjordin, it seems normal that you might learn some of those languages. But if they're if they purposefully trying to stay out of each other's way, then that makes more sense. The last two... Uh, essence marks here uh one of them gautana doesn't quite uh get all of it uh he sees it as a uh, uh it would make her a beggar uh, it would make her physical appearance drastically change uh, and that's the part that that shy is willing to talk about of it makes for an excellent disguise because it, it changes what i look like quite drastically uh, what she doesn't say is that it is kind of the the, the thief stamp, if you will, uh, where she's uh, an expert at, at lockpicking. Uh, she can climb and sneak through things. Uh, and so it would be it would be incredibly useful for kind of infiltration and escape. You get the urchin background from D and D. And then the the last one is the most interesting one for Gautana and also I think for, for us where the, uh, the skills that he has managed to, to read kind of encoded in it are, he says, cooking, farm work, sewing. And so with the explanation for the previous one, he assumes this is uh, another, you know, another alias, another disguise. And she says, yes, that's what it is. Uh, and then decides that, the way that she needs to to work with with Gautana is to actually be honest here and and says no and then explains that uh, this one is a little bit different which is that all the others are kind of overlaid on top of her in that she still does have her skills as a forger and can can change back but this last one uh this last one is permanent it, or at least it is it, it's designed to be uh where she would uh she would forget her skills as a forger she would forget 
most of her past she would have this thing where she would she would stamp her herself and it's uh, as she puts it it's a way out it's if she ever needs to just be done with this life completely there's a way to to just become someone else and go away and that's a that's a hell of a thing to have yeah it's it's interesting and fascinating and slightly fucked up and mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting we also get honestly one of the biggest reveals of the book for me which is that uncle Juan and aunt soul are yep. fake they are yep. part of just yeah. this identity that that blew my mind that was wild yeah her impulse control must be much better than mine so i'd be constantly looking at that stamp like but i'm curious <laughs> i i found it super relatable like i just you know sometimes i wish that i could turn my brain off and not be the the horribly ambitious person that i am all the time um and just be simple right but specifically and you forget that you ever were the first person and essentially have no way of going back to that even if you would have wanted to like you're you're giving yourself a lobotomy in in to some degree in terms of just like there's no going back from that. You just that part of your life is just gone. It is kind of a lobotomy, I guess. <laughs> um, this is the part of the book where I reflected and I said, "Oh my god, am I a Slytherin?" <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Because <laughs> my brain just jumped from chain to chain. It was like you know I would do this to blah blah blah, 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 blah. and I always think of myself as a Gryffindor. And isn't that isn't the the stereotype that people who think of themselves as Gryffindor are not Gryffindor? I don't know if they're not Gryffindor, but a lot of people who think they're Gryffindor tend... Sorry, this this was about to come out as, like, such a rude thing to say. I do not mean this specifically for you, Sam. It's okay. In my life, with other people I've met, people who think they're Gryffindors are often assholes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which are Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> the evil house, Yes. <laughs> God, and what a fucked up thing to do. Like, there's a lot of fucked up writing that J.K. Rowling did. Uh, but the fact that she made a house and it, 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 the fans tried to, like, massage it into something good. But every character she put in it was just like, this person's an evil shithead and they're in Slytherin. <laughs> in the final book, don't they, like, just kick out all of the Slytherins and force them to, like, go stay in the dungeon for the final battle or something? And it's like, there's 12-year-olds in there. <laughs> like, that's... I don't think they're old enough to, like, choose to be evil on their own yet. Remember, kids, the four genders. Protagonist, smart, evil, other. (laughs) Hell yeah, other. Let's go. Let's get some (laughs) Hufflepuff rap in here. Oh shit, this book. I said it this time. I was going to say, I feel like, Sam, you're usually the 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 least likely to, to call us on that, which means we definitely should get back to this book. <laughs> also, I will say, uh, coming up for future Sanderson books, uh, I really like characters who persistently lie to themselves as character concepts, and oh boy, are we going to get another one of those. Yeah. But uh but yeah, this is we we've learned a lot about Shy here and it's it's quite a bit to to see. 
Uh, and then we learn we learn one more thing. And I was thinking that these were closer together. And so I, I brought this up last time uh, when Shy talks about the, the painting that uh, that she was trying to steal. Uh, but we get the rest of it here. And, and this is my favorite part of this. Uh, where she she explains it, or at least most of it, to to Gautona, which is that she was hired to destroy the painting, uh, and and that that thing that he was so horrified over, and that kind of like really soured their relationship for a while, is that uh, she was hired by the original artist uh, to destroy it, and and she explains that. Uh, he he had hated the empire. He had he had painted this painting uh, for a woman who he loved, uh, and years after she died, uh, her her children gave this painting to the the emperor as a gift, and the artist hated that and and didn't want it to to hang uh, in in the the kind of uh, imperial palace, and so he hired shy not only did he hire shy to steal it but he also helped her make the forgery uh, and then that's that was kind of where that led of uh, she was able to to make the 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 perfect forgery that is now hanging up the fake one that she got caught with and then destroyed the original and i i really like the where this this plot line goes i think it's really cool Yep, that was another reveal I had I did not see coming at all. I thought it was really neat. Yeah, she's a lot more like thoughtful and <clears throat> I don't know if kind is the right word, but you know that than I initially gave her credit for. Like she's a, a mindful person, which I, mm-hmm. I I like a lot. She she tricked me. Yeah, same. I like. The first time I read this, it took me a second to wrap my head around this twist. I initially was like, oh, I don't know if I like that because I really liked how, like, just burning the painting because she couldn't get it out of the palace. I was like, that is a kind of ruthless practicality that I find very interesting in a character. But the fact that that was a front that she is putting on and that she is an artist. Of course, she has a deep love and appreciation for this work. She wouldn't just, like yeet it in a fire that makes sense so she tricked me too and i appreciate how this is adding to geotona's arc because he's still upset about this but by the end of the conversation he's like okay i i see i kind of get it that makes that makes more sense all right it is he's also kind of wrapping his head around that Mm -hmm. as well yeah um which is a fun kind of lead up to where he ends up by the end of the story. And then with, uh, with that wrapped up, we also have, uh, we have another thing wrapped up, which is shy says, okay, we're done. Uh, and, and Gaushana says, Oh, we're done for today. And she says, no, we're, we're done testing stamps, uh, which he thinks is, is closer to the end than it actually is because there's now, uh, this entire other process of, connecting these stamps together making them smaller making them then fit with each other uh so there's that whole process but the groundwork is all done and and that was a uh that was quite the project so it's it it's i think it's really cool to see that it's uh that it's all finished now i really like how uh 
Brandon phrased it here about um, how uh, what I've done so far is like getting all the paints ready, creating the color and figure studies, which instantly related to me in, in my mind. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, just copy the forms, but um, this is like the most basic of steps that she's done. Right. Before you touch, she has not begun to Bob Ross. <laughs> She's still She's slapping the easel. <laughs> so closing up that uh, that chapter, as Shai says, uh, there is only 24 days to to figure out how to put it all together. The the unspoken part of and also for me to escape is, is also pretty significant. And we go from there. Uh, Ten days later, we're at we're at day 85, and uh, just a a, a very I, th- I think this is the shortest chapter of the the whole book. Confirm. Uh, no, not quite. Day five was uh, was also tiny, but uh, day eighty five. This is things are starting to get a little fraught here. She's she's working on assembling this whole project, uh, but she's still finding things that maybe she missed and needs to try to integrate in. Uh, there's this whole thing about uh, about. Uh, you know his his love for his wife uh, what happened there and it's uh it's it, it's working like it she's working on this project and she's making progress and it's it's starting to kind of come together but also uh from from what she says is she's she's running behind and doesn't know if she's going to make it uh and then also there's this whole thing about trying to escape the uh the the very bare bones outline of get past the seal on the door deal with the guards get the essence marks back and then escape so and then become a famous chef and then become a famous chef okay i'll take your word for <laughs> I'm it i'm adding it <laughs> okay Pray i do not add anymore <laughs> but uh but yeah at this point it's now the the her priorities have kind of fully flipped is Okay, I've I've got I've got one more week. I'll spend one more week on the emperor, and then I'll escape. And and it's just it's becoming more and more kind of all consuming. Yeah, and the way this chapter is written, just like lots of half thoughts and ellipses and questions and exclamation points. It, it the the tone just conveys how like kind of frantic and and fugue statey this work is, which I find very cool. I mean, I, first of all, before I uh, uh, say this, I do want to say, like, this is a great scene, and I really do appreciate the, the feeling of, like, I have work here that I need to finish, but it reminds me of uh, the Jimmy Buffett scene in Jurassic Park World. <laughs> he, like, runs away with his margaritas. You don't need to apologize for that. It's a phenomenal comparison. <laughs> I know there's a pterodactyl coming with my margaritas. I know I'm going to be executed, but I really want to finish. I watched that movie uh, in a theater alongside a paleontology student, which was a good way to do it. I recommend it. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, watching Top Gun Maverick with my fighter pilot uncle, who just every single time something inaccurate happened, he would just raise his hand. (laughs) You know, know, my (laughs) uncle was a jet mechanic in the Navy. Ooh. Really? <laughs> it is it is a running joke that that is 
how he often introduces stories from <laughs> said time as a jet mechanic in the Navy. So now other people will do it for him. Of Oh, hey, did you know he was a jet mechanic in the Navy? What? But yeah, the uh, the we have the one kind of frantic look in on day eighty five, uh, and then we go all the way from there to day ninety seven. We're uh, we're getting close here. I will escape five days before the deadline, she says. Day ninety seven, the book yep. says. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting this one close. But uh, here it's it's time for some plan to to get into motion uh, because. Uh, we we have we have actual dialogue from a character who is not one of the the six that we've had so far, uh, the the guard Hurley. Who I really like. Th- this is clearly just like things that Shy has learned about him. Like Gautina was saying on how she she seems to learn things about everybody. Uh, of he's he's one of the guards, uh, and that's probably all that like we need to know. Uh, but we also do know that uh, he has two children, both girls. Uh, he acts dumb, but he's smarter than that. It helps him win card games. Uh, Hell and yeah. And that he's having an affair with one of the uh, other guards. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, okay, then. <laughs> he's got two kids at home, Sam. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's less good. Sam has also <laughs> updated his casting chart <laughs> by uh, just sending a, a zoomed-in, slightly blurry picture of Hurley from Lost in our Discord. No, that's actually the album cover to. I Weezer's was gonna album say. Hurley. I was gonna say, is that not specifically the picture that's on the album? Oh cover? shit! <laughs> Which is insane to me that they made the album cover doesn't even have the name of the fucking album or the band. It's just his face. <laughs> Just Weezer. I don't know. They're great. It's a a power move. Shut up. (laughs) And then they talk about weed fingers. Sam did not like weed fingers. That that came up in our Discord. Listen, so here's the thing. First of all, I would have found it funnier if his name were actually Weed Fingers and not I don't know what his name is. (laughs) Like... I don't know. Whatever. It, but the fact that it's derogatory means I can't even make fun of him for it. <laughs> Come on. I mean, well, you can't call Brandon. him weed fingers. Well, we know, actually, we know a couple things here. Insight into the world of Cell. We know fraggish weed soup is gross. So maybe we could consider, that maybe we could, we could extrapolate that it's probably really oily and slippery. Whereas we don't know if cows exist on cell, which means we don't know if butter exists, which means we can't call him Butterfingers. Sure, let's go with that. Well, it's, it's, they're calling him Wade Fingers while talking about how he accidentally dropped something. So I assume it's meant to be kind of a stand-in for Butterfingers, is how I read it. I don't know if I ever interpreted it that way, but I'm totally willing to. I just pictured a guy with like a joint between each of his fingers. I was... I was picturing salad fingers, unfortunately. Was, that was the other alternative. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was the alternative. <laughs> Good old salad fingers. What's he up to these days? I don't. I'm usually pretty chill with like weird, like that kind of weird humor. I love "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared," but salad fingers always legitimately rubbed me the wrong way. I did. I could not get on board with salad fingers. 
Listener, do you like salad fingers? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Sound Hit off us in up. the comments below. <laughs> Did you know that Podbean actually does have a comment section? It's really hard to find and, and like oh. one person has ever used it. But there actually it actually is possible to just comment on an episode. Wait, what? Are you this Podbean in reference to like the website that we use? Yes. What do you mean by it's hard to find? Is it hard to post a comment? Because if you click on an episode and you scroll down, the comments are right there. Yeah, but most people don't engage with podcasts that way. That's true. But you, viewer, if you want to tell us how you feel about Salad Fingers, now's your chance, and now you know where the comment section is. And, and now you can leave a comment. So yeah, let's see what's going on with, uh, with Weed ah, Fingers. shit, the book. <laughs> uh, what's happened is that... Uh, he has apparently accidentally dropped one of his his letters as he was leaving the room this morning. Uh, we we learn immediately that this was uh, this was the forgery that Shai had made that she was thinking of deploying earlier and has now kind of subtly dropped near where he was. And uh, the 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 guards start reading it, and uh, it says. Uh, it says some things that are not quite true about how apparently he has been uh, collecting little gross bits from the other guards, which will let him do mysterious magical things to them. And the other guards find this extremely disturbing and uncomfortable, and I don't blame them. Now, if you're if you're really paying attention, you could tell this is a forgery because it says that he's gathering up hair. But famously, not only are the bones their money... Blood sealers will pull your hair up, but not out. Yeah. So this could not possibly be a true fax in this letter. It's a ruse. Also, uh, I am not willing to die in this hill. Please pull me off of this hill. But I'm on a hill. Okay. Uh, the, the letters that we see that Shy is interested in forging are from her. So is this a this is like a forgery of a letter, but it's but the letters that he brings in with him are her letters, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, you you are right. I am assuming that either the guards did not overhear them talking about her, that person, or <laughs> alternatively, Shai has just like been keeping track and these specific guards right now are different from the guards who overheard that conversation. So the guards wouldn't know that they're from a woman or a lover. It's it's just Shy who has that info. All right. I'm taking I'm taking a look real quick. Um... This is the first time we get any guard names, so I think the, yeah. the explanation of it's just different guards is is probably the simplest explanation. But aside from Captain Zoo, of course. Aside from Captain Zoo, who will reappear quite soon. <laughs> he sure will. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we have this we have this fake letter here uh, that is intended to uh, really kind of turn the the rest of the guards against the the blood sealer here, uh, and it seems quite effective. And I I like how uh, how shy plays this, where first of all they've she's gotten these guards to the point where they're asking her for advice, uh, not like specifically, but uh, they re they read the letter. Uh, and one of them is is clearly upset by it, uh, and and she just says, oh, "Can I see what it says?" 
and and they they offer to her and and ask like is he saying what i think he's saying like help me understand this this magic and then the way that she plays it from there of kind of arguing against her own forgery here where she's saying well he probably can't actually do that like he's probably just bragging and making things up uh but it like it still it still disturbs the other guards and they still really dislike it so even though she kind of plays both sides here it is it is quite convincing i i do love those mind games of downplaying the thing that is actually working in your favor just to make yourself look even more innocent <laughs> oh man in the in the same vein of calm down uh i wouldn't worry about it is just a, <laughs> a thing that sh- triggers the opposite of what you want <laughs> well now i am going to worry about it well, hey, that's, yeah. a, that's exactly what Shy wants. I didn't think I'd have to worry about it, but now I do. Well, they, they think they do, but now they really do. Yeah. He probably can't turn you into skeletons, guys. I, I don't think he can do that. But yeah, the, uh, the, the plan here from Shy's side is that she's seen that there's some variation in when he actually shows up in the morning when when he when he doesn't get good news he'll he'll go drinking uh and so the the guards now who all really hate the guy are probably gonna go have some words with him uh and with any luck those two problems will kind of take care of each other uh so here on on day 97 uh two days after she was planning on running Tonight she's going to finish her work and then she'll try to leave. <laughs> we're uh, we're pushing it increasingly close. We're we're now well within the Majora's Mask countdown. <laughs> oh God! Because here we go on to day ninety-eight, uh, which is by a significant margin the uh, largest chapter of this book, because it's one where quite a few things happen. We start with incredibly early in the morning i guess it's it's now like it's starting to be the morning but shy has been up almost all night she says what she's had four hours of sleep in three days or something like that so not exactly peak physical condition here but she's done she has she has finished the emperor's soul and just has to take a second and and marvel at this thing that she did and in some ways, this is like, it sounds a little self-serving when put that way, but I, I really appreciate this, this moment of this was, this was everything that she has had the last three months and now it's done. And you do need to just kind of take a moment and say, look at that. Look at my senior thesis. Yeah. <laughs> Same feeling. We also get a very specific line because she's thinking about like, what what would cause you to want to worship something and she mentions her ancestors had worshiped rocks that fell from the sky at night the souls of broken gods those chunks have been called interesting what what do we learn from the ars arcanum and elantris something about shards of adenalsium being on certain planets interesting anyway anyway is that now that's it's also she says plural rocks, and she's only ever been on this one planet. There's not a chance there's two shards on one planet, are there? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's By to the say time indeed. we get to the second to last book in this whole 
everything, uh, Caleb's just going to guess the entirety of the last book. <laughs> beat for beat. Except I will get it horribly wrong who lives and who dies. Yes. That is a guarantee. Yes. <laughs> That's a constant. The universal yeah. constant. I'm, if that happens, I will be impressed because there's a there's a lot of stuff out there to uh, to predict, and uh, I've seen a lot of predictions that have been made, and and there's some some wild stuff, and and we don't know what of that uh, what of, of that is gonna is gonna be the case. But yeah, this is uh, this is the beginning of of day ninety eight here. There's a lot to happen, but the first thing that happens is the the stamp is done. And uh, the the guards have uh, uh, the guards have also had an interesting night because at this point Shy has taken over basically the entire room. Uh, she's she's built her own kind of it's not a conspiracy wall but it's it's edging in that direction where there's just papers everywhere there's like there's workspace everywhere it says at one point she just moves all the furniture so yeah they they've watched this like frantic last several hours of creation uh and and they don't even know what it is she's made which kind of strikes her again as this has been her entire life for the last three months and and they don't even know what has happened and we also reach a point where i have a question and the answer may simply be no brandon decides you can't do that because i know like stamping a, a any stamp that goes on a person is just way more complicated than stamping an object but she talks a lot in this section about how she really needs some sleep she's gotten barely any sleep but she has access to copious amounts of soul stone is it not possible to craft a fairly simple stamp that just says i'm i'm rewriting it so i did get a good night of sleep last night can you not just give yourself some coffee like Sam said? I don't know. Oh. I I don't know. I uh, like I'm I'm trying to decide about how much I want to delve into this. <laughs> no, I think for now we'll just say yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe you could. But That's, I know like I, I need I'm, to build I'm, a list of questions to ask Brandon and I think that might be number 1 right now just cuz <laughs> couldn't couldn't you there's a, uh, uh, a cautionary tale YouTube short about this that is called Fordal, uh, in which, uh, well, <laughs> it's it's a mixture. It's a portmanteau of the word phone and portal, um, and in it, uh, this guy discovers a phone that can he can call himself in the past, and he uses it to. To demonstrate how cool it is, he tells past him to make a sandwich, and then he answers the phone, and it's future him asking him to make two sandwiches, and it just keeps going like that, <laughs> until suddenly he's, like, dead from sleep, and his fingers are taped up, and he's like, I made 378 sandwiches. <laughs> destroy the phone, past Mike. So destroy the phone is the point. Destroy the soul stamp of coffee, <laughs> or you too will be forced to make 378 sandwiches. Good to know. Shy probably accounted for that, and that's why she didn't try it. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> she was like, I do not want to make 378 sandwiches. 
uh, in the midst of the the kind of morning's events here, we also do have uh, what uh, what Sam pointed out was uh, another link to the the geography that we know of Elantris, uh, where these these guards who have no idea what she's actually done, uh, she says they're probably going to be uh, sent far away where they can never talk about this to some place like guarding the mountain passes down to the Tuish Peninsula, which that's a place we know. So Ooh. yeah, these these may in fact be some uh, some rose barbarians like we've talked about. Yeah, this is where I realized it, but we're, we we talked mm-hmm. about it. rewind, listener, and just keep rewinding <laughs> and make a sandwich every time you do. And make a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, because there is no uh, no coffee soul stamp at this point, she very much wants to uh, to just take a a brief nap, uh, which I think many of us may have experienced the uh, the plan to take a brief nap. And then waking up like seven hours later. Uh, but there's also some like 30 second long foreshadowing here that I always really like to see the second time around uh, where she's like, oh, I, I just need to take a, a short nap and then says, well, I can't use the bed, so can't do that. And then it goes on from there. And that payoff happens literally two pages later. But I like how how that shows up just a little bit early. There's also like a little bit of misdirect. I, I, you are right. I think you have identified some really solid foreshadowing. But there's a slight misdirect of she has some of her notes on the bed, and mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, oh, I guess she just really doesn't want to mess up her notes right now. Right. But there's also that, yeah. the other bit of foreshadowing at this scene is when she's talking about all the the rearranging of the room that she's been doing. Uh, she says something about how. Uh, she had to pull a bunch of notes out from under the bed and then crawl under the bed to go get more notes. So, uh, yeah, so let's see what uh, what happens here. Is we have, it's it's almost time for the blood sealer to arrive, though she's hoping that he's going to be late today. Uh, and someone does arrive, but it's not the blood sealer. Uh, it's Captain Zhu, uh, who has apparently decided to make good on his threats and just kill her. Good for him. He's earned it. <laughs> Take some initiative. <laughs> he waited this whole time, you know? He's been patient. Don't let your dreams stay dreams. Pursue them. I, I mean, I feel like we've seen cases where, like, I'm just going to kill you early, like, in Brandon's books so far. Um, and Zoo's not that guy. He waits. Yeah. Now is the appropriate and confirmed and approved time for me to murder you. I mean, it is day 98. He is still a couple days early. Right, but he also did, he waited for her to finish. That's true. So, yeah, it's uh, it's time for a uh, a very brief combat because Shai is not in any condition to fight the uh, heavily armed captain of the guard. Uh, but it's also a very brief combat because she manages to kind of run away from him, get uh, get the bed in between uh, him and herself. And then as he just lunges right across the bed, uh, the entire thing collapses and f- drops the bed and zoo into the uh, the floor below. So... She could not sleep on the bed for several reasons. She was crawling under the bed for for more than one reason. 
and and the structural integrity of this room does in fact return where the the new reality here is that the the water damage that had been lingering in this room was was never patched up in this one very specific spot and so when when zoo tries to to jump across the bed the whole thing just collapses and zoo seems to be out for the count jeepers creepers <laughs> i do have a quick question and this is probably i'm probably just can't remember how the blood sealing works if she were to escape through the hole in the floor would the blood sealer still be able to track her i'm not sure on that i the the thing is that she mentions considering escaping through the window at some point and mm-hmm. i can't remember if her reason against it was because that would still activate the blood sealer magic I think she just I think she didn't escape through the window just because she didn't have access to her essence marks that would let her physically do it. Gotcha. Okay. I think she said she would need to like climb through this tiny window and then climb down five stories. Right. She, she needed to be right a contortionist now. and right. she didn't have the essence marks for it. Okay. Um in that case, why did she have to wait? I guess she says not exactly how I planned it, so maybe this was part of the plan at some point, but like couldn't she just break through the floor and, and go out the storage room? It's fine. She she had a lot of work to do, but alas. I think the, the problem there would have been uh, the guards in her room. Because she yeah, was planning on this trap them. being for the other guards. So she, right. she needs to be alone. So, yeah, I think that was it. But yeah, uh, part one of the plan has uh, not quite worked how she expected, but it has worked. Guards are incapacitated. Uh, she is now just waiting for that countdown to finish. She's looking at the, the the blood sealer's insignia on the door, and it's it's counting down seconds. But eventually, it does it does vanish, and she's able to just leave the the room. And we actually do depart from the uh, the map that I've drawn. We we have the the rest of a palace to go through now. <laughs> it's like the movie Room, in that they eventually get out of the room. <laughs> Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> that seems like false advertising, Ben. I came here to see someone in a room, goddammit. <laughs> what is this out-of-room bullshit? bullshit? And to say nothing of the room, in which a considerable amount of time is spent outside of the room. <laughs> so, yeah, is, uh, it's time for an escape plan. Uh, and there's... I think this might be one of my favorite... Uh, moments here i probably have a lot of favorite moments in this book but like the payoff to the whole the whole thing of of shy needing to actually know if it worked uh where she's out of the room the guards are incapacitated at this point she could just leave she's got some some stamps prepared that'll help her do that she says i could just leave the, the emperor's soul stamp somewhere where they could find i'd be gone they probably wouldn't even come after me because they'd have their they'd have what they needed. I could get away. And then she goes towards the emperor, and I I love this part. We also have uh, with the follow up to to this plan, uh, we have a payoff to something that was set up quite a bit ago. Of it is awfully convenient that Shy was the one who told them how to guard the emperor, so that <laughs> she can then go defeat the guards to the emperor. And it would have potentially seemed even worse to start sending in chamber pots unless Shy wanted to make sure. 
that mm-hmm. people were sending in chamber pots. Mm-hmm. That was a very good payoff. I love that. Yeah, she she remarks that uh, she does in fact have Gautama's seal and signature because she forged them the old-fashioned way. Uh, she has a uh, a reason to go in because she has the, the the pot to change, and yeah, into the uh, the emperor's bedroom, and uh, we've we've now returned. We saw Ashravan very briefly early on in the book when we were starting up the whole project. Uh, but now it's uh, it's time to see if it works. And I mean, we finished the book. This this happens quite quickly. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It does. And Woo. and yeah, like maybe things go a little too well for for Shy. They do kind of like it, it all does work, uh, but it's a it's a shorter work. We we don't quite have the space for things to go back and forth so much. And I was rooting for it to work, so I'm I'm really excited that that it does. Yeah, this feels like such a cinematic moment to me. Like the whole she's she's sneaking up through the hallways. She's she's grabbing the, the chamber pot. I'm picturing like some Mission Impossible ass music behind it. And then she she steps in the room and it just all goes quiet and still mm-hmm. for this big moment where we see that it works. It's very cool. Very cinematic, yeah. I also really like, we only see Ashravan for about these two pages and then a couple of lines of speech at the end of the book. But I really like the impression that we get from him where, you know, he's, he's recovering from a, a traumatic injury uh, but once he does start to kind of get his wits about him, uh, like Shai explains the whole process of you you need to take this stamp every day or you'll you'll die. And immediately he's he's very in command. He says, give it to me. That's that's vital to me now. Uh, and I, I I like that we get to see Ashervan like this, even if it's only very briefly. Yeah, and then there's the the added interesting layer of like Shy's commentary on her work when he talks, which is just so interesting. Of like, you've forged a human that's yeah. potentially very fucked up, but you're right. I kind of like what I see. And then it is, uh, it it is in fact time for the rest of the escape. She has she has seen it through. She's seen that it worked, uh, and it's it's time to get going. Uh, although with with one final request to do better this time, which I also really like, but uh, yeah, it's it, it it's time to run, and a, uh, a a wrinkle arises because she suddenly feels a a considerable pain, and then kind of goes back over things and realizes that during the 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 very brief fight with with Zoo, uh, he had actually cut her very slightly which means that there's fresh blood available, which means that the blood sealer is in fact back on her trail. So simply running away, uh, not uh, p- potentially not actually good enough. Uh, it's time for, uh, it's time for some advice from uncle Juan, which even though we know that that's complete fiction is still something she's going to think about. Uh, it's, it's time for the backup plan. And of all the things that I've labeled favorite parts of this book, actually, no, I can't even say that. My favorite part of the book is like the final <laughs> couple of lines, but this is, this is right behind it is 
is coming back uh, out of the, the Emperor's quarters and finding Gautona there, who has gone there to look for her because he thought that that's where she would be. And this this final interaction between the two of them, I, it's so cool. Yeah. I think this was my favorite part. Possibly. Before we jump into too much detail, there is one other fun little detail of um, Shy almost bowling over a southern ambassador in red priest's armor. God damn it, Brandon, you son of a bitch. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's he doing here? What's he doing there? What's he doing, man? So little taste of bloodred. But yeah, this is... Gautana knew that this is where she'd be. He he knew that she was going to see if it worked, even as she was trying to escape. And Shai knew that that he'd be there. Uh, because this is this is the backup plan, is find Gautana and convince him to give me back my essence marks. And it works. And I love this, these layers of... Gautana kind of, he, he's almost just like watching this all happen of like, I'm going to give these to you. I'm not sure how you've convinced me to do that, but I know I'm going to give them to you. <laughs> what did you do? How did you do it? And and the answer that she has is by being genuine with you, because that's that's how I manipulate you. And also, that's what you do to other people. You did it to me. You did it to Ashurvan. That's, that's how you... That's how you are, and that's why I was able to do it to you. And I, it's I really like that. Yeah, I think the uh, is the last few sentences on page one hundred eight of our copy of. He actually had a tear in his eye. If she hadn't been on the very edge of panic, she'd have felt proud of that and ashamed of her pride. That was how she was, which just sums up all the complications and layers and like, what is this relationship between the two of them? I don't know if it's good but i think it is and either way i love reading about it it's probably not healthy but it's fun to read yeah <laughs> i know this is a very minor detail but i also love we talked a lot of, uh or a little bit last time about how um shy's go-to curse word is knights and um how that's probably influenced by the culture um that she's in and good old grandpa Geotona has the presumably much less offensive days take them and go before i change my mind <laughs> but yeah we uh the the backup plan worked shy has her her essence marks uh this is the last that those two will see each other and 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 then we we have this very very brief pov with gautana which i also like of him now standing in front of the emperor's quarters shy said that it worked but she never actually met Ashurvan, and Gautana was was his very close friend, and now he's got to go open that door and and see what happened to Ashurvan and if it actually did work. That's so fucked up. <laughs> what what happens later? What happens in their interaction? Ashurvan. But before we get to that, uh, we have a fight scene, and oh my I remember... god, do we ever? We, we do have a fight scene. And I, I remember um, on on Brandon's Writing Excuses podcast, I think this was on there, they talked about this story pretty in-depth. Uh, and one of the other hosts, uh, Mary Robinette Kowal, who is kind of a short fiction expert, she writes a lot of, of short stories and novellas, uh, was, was asking him about 
uh, about writing something shorter than what he usually does and how in in her mind the fight scene might not have gotten into this book of do we need this especially at the end of the book uh and brandon's answer was basically yeah but i really wanted to write a fight scene (laughs) good for him (laughs) yeah (laughs) i also i kind of i would if i were brandon and i was on a podcast um (laughs) my response would be like we see we see the emperor's stamp like work but there's been so much like interesting build-up to how these essence marks work i kind of feel like we do need a little payoff for for watching shy use one of them i think that's there's there's a narratively satisfying payoff to that as well in addition to it just being a very cool scene i think that's also fair i agree especially because yeah shy has been so the way she talks about these things is so, like, elevated. She is desperate. She wants them back so badly. And through a two-page fight scene against some skeletal beasts where she just kicks their asses. Like, yeah, I get it, girl. Yeah, in fact, yeah, it would be slightly disappointing for, yeah, for this to be, like, her one of her main motivations is I need to get the essence marks back. And the only thing we see of those essence marks is, at the very end, she knew how to survive in the forest for a little bit. And like, that's it. <laughs> I am very happy we get this. So yeah, this scene starts off with uh, the the application of, of one of the essence marks, uh, which is the, the only time that we've seen this from first person. Uh, and and there's a, there's a very interesting part where as it's being applied, she mentions experiencing both of those pasts at the same time. And it being very strange. And then Shai kind of fades away. And we have uh we have Shizan now, who was a who is someone who trained with uh the the Tulu uh the Tulu people who are apparently very uh, accomplished warriors, and she's now a a, a well-trained martial artist. And I think one of my favorite things about the way that that this essence mark transformation happens uh, is that for the rest of this scene, she is referred to as Shizam. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is an actual change. I love that. And yeah, we we start with uh, with Zoo, uh, who has recovered from his his fall through the the floor is is not doing great, but is a, a fairly capable person, and so is is back uh but he is not prepared to to deal with shizan and and she's able to to incapacitate him very quickly she is able to fuck him right up yup <laughs> oh my god like he's nothing yup not only does she fuck him up there's the added she uses it against the skeletals in a second here but at the time it's like and she also grabbed his cloak just for the vibes it felt like in the moment. <laughs> like, and you're stealing his clothes just so you can get a cape? Like, dang. Though it does point out that uh, because now she's thinking of Shy like a different person. And she says Shy might have had a witty comment after kicking his ass. Uh, but Shizan just takes the cloak, beats him up, and goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we... we Another thing, I, I think I can see the viewpoint of we've had these these things talked about so much, we do kind of need to see the payoff. 
we have some some weird skeletal monsters to come fight and it's uh it's it's cool because shy is uh like shizan i guess i should say she's a very capable warrior we saw what she did to zoo uh and needs to kind of learn on the fly how do you how do you fight something that like doesn't have muscles or flesh and like how how does this work and how do i win this fight and we see her figure it out I will say it's kind of funny. Um, Sam just posted a fun gif of, what is that, from Jason the Argonauts, like some That's stop right. motion skeletons. It is funny. I know this is like a short story. We don't have time to get into super intense mythology, but we've fought the Coloss and we've been with the Chondra and the Elantrians have a lot of weird stuff going on. And these are just skeletons. They're, like they're they're just they're just <laughs> skeletons. That's pretty much all there is to them. They're just skeletons resurrected with blood magic. Challenge rating one. There's a, if you've got turn undead packed, you'll be fine. Oh my god! And <clears throat> her stress. She was like, "I wonder if this will work." And then she fucking rips its spine out. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> like, okay. You're not gonna like break the wrist or something, or like I thought she would like remove a portion of something, but she just <laughs> she does god. remove a portion of something. <laughs> She yeah. certainly does. Oh my god. It, just, it reminds me of, like, oh, we eventually find out about the spikes, but when Kelsier is like, I know the Inquisitors are invincible, but I know I can beat them. And then he just chops one of their heads off and it's like, I guess that works. Yeah, that'll do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> just rip the spine out. That'll probably do it. Yep, that did it. Confirmed. Uh, there's one who gets their, uh, gets their skull smashed in. That works too. But uh, yeah, it is a it is a close affair. But she does uh, does manage to to defeat them. Uh, it it does end with her headbutting one of them, and then noting that uh, that that uh, doesn't work quite as well in real life as it does in the stories. It does work. It does work. <laughs> it just hurts like hell. Yes, and I love that Brandon does this because she does all these immensely badass things here in like uh, like five or six paragraphs but there's like real she's not just a perfect badass that escapes Mm -hmm. unscathed like everything has a consequence there's no perfect fight you know it's great i like that that he does that yeah we we go from here to uh after she wins this fight she goes and tracks down the blood sealer himself uh, it seems like there's there's some sort of like link back here where all of these skeletons dying has like reflected back on the blood sealer himself so he's in bad shape uh and she's going to threaten him and and deal with him before she goes and you know she she rips open this door and uh and grabs the blood sealer and drags him to his feet and then there's this moment of like almost passed out there let's let's be careful <laughs> but uh yeah she gives him a a, a good proper threaten uh and also says some things for shy because uh shy would would like them to be said uh which is again that that read that she has on people of just go home to your family they don't they don't want you to be here earning money they just want you there so so go home and be with them uh which he 
he does not understand how she knows this or can claim to know this, uh, but doesn't really have time to to ponder it because she stabs him so that now she has some of his blood and then leaves. I don't know what would have been funnier. The here's some genuinely good advice. Your family loves you. Go home. And then the stab or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Because either way, it's it's a very like, oh, okay, we're just doing both of these things now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the escape is uh, is nearly complete. Uh, and this is actually the last that we will see of Shy for a little bit. We're, we're going to get some other scenes in the meantime. But uh, she she's nearly dead from these wounds. Don't be a fool. She decided to be a fool anyway. Uh, and we'll see where she was going there, but had one more thing to do. Uh, and then uh, another just tiny bit of foreshadowing from earlier that I really appreciate came back. Uh, one of the first things we learned about about Zoo uh, was that he had a good eye for a good horse. And so horse flesh was the exact sentence. And that's how Shy escapes with 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 Zoo's cloak and Zoo's horse riding out of the out of the palace i appreciate that we find out um that she also got back at frava because look captain zoo was an asshole and did try to kill her it really feels like she's going way out of her way to fuck specifically him over for a lot of this final sequence <laughs> but uh the the end of day 98 is actually not going to be with with shy it's going to be with gautona and ashravan uh and gautona has gotten his answer of uh it it does seem like it worked and and this i also i really like this part of this scene where beth you mentioned when when shy was talking to ashravan of how she's kind of studying him as she's talking to him where mm -hmm. gautona is doing the same thing of I think this is my one of my closest friends who I've known for for decades, but also he's kind of a fake person, and I don't know if I can tell which one it is, and <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out, but also I don't know if I want to know. So yeah, very complicated conversation there. This is a we will get one last very good thematic callback to the shoes end painting at, in the last scene. Mm -hmm. But this is another very good iteration of Geotona looking at a forgery of something that pretty much no one can tell is different from the original and going, maybe there's no harm done. Maybe this is, maybe it's, it might as well be the real thing. And yeah, it's fucked up and interesting and I like it. <laughs> I also really like that uh, Ashravan has figured a lot of this out where this is this is going to be a secret from the rest of the world forever probably uh but it's it's very it's as close to Ashravan as it can be to anyone and also he's a, a quite capable person from what we've seen so he has figured it out of uh you know this is what happened to me and i'm going to have to figure out what that means for me too so I, I appreciate that as well. But uh, as as day 98 closes, uh, I, I also quite like the exchange where uh, Ashurvan is, is kind of sending Gautona off and says, uh, 
Uh, I'm not sure if I should punish you or reward you for what you did. And Gautana says, I assure you, I have done both of that myself. And uh, and yeah, they have their emperor back, or at least a copy of him. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see if, uh, if that matters, that it's a copy. And then finally, we're going to end our book here with uh, day 101 with uh, with Ashurvan giving his uh, his speech to the empire he has returned to power it uh, it seems like it's worked and uh, this is actually from Frava's POV where we are uh, we're seeing her plans are still trying to be in motion but uh, as it turns out it is uh, it, it's pretty firmly not going to happen uh, Shy has has destroyed the uh, the the I guess public copy of her notes, the one that that Fravin knew about. Uh, so so that's not uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, Frava still is going to try to figure out where that uh, that mysterious uh, that mysterious back door is uh, because it must be there. Shy must have put it in there for herself, if anything. Uh, but uh, but it is not, so that's going to be a a futile search. And uh, yeah, Frava says that uh, that Shy will be found. Gautana says I don't I don't think I don't think she ever will. I also don't think she'll ever try and come back. I think she's she's satisfied with what she did. But uh, we also see a a, a bit of uh, of Ashurvan here, where he's already kind of using this as a a, a political tool of you know i i was i was attacked this this heinous action had significant consequences and now we're going to we're going to you know gather ourselves together and be strong and it's it's leading into a new kind of political thing so we've we've seen kind of some of the consequences of what shy managed to uh, to do for him uh, and then uh, Frava gets some unfortunate news, which is that uh, something has happened in in her quarters. And uh, we'll go we'll go one more time with uh, with Shy to figure out what uh, what foolish thing she did before she escaped. I would say we have to cut away from the speech to go to Shy, but the speech is also off screen, <laughs> so <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> sure, it was great though. Sounds great for whatever else is saying. Yeah. This is the closest off-screen speech we've seen, where there actually are people listening to it right now and reacting to it, but we also do not actually hear what he is saying. Uh, yeah, this is a we weird get a one. Few sentences at the beginning. We, we get, get a, a few. Taste. And this is a weird one where if we do make a movie out of this, someone will have to write the speech because it is happening in the background yeah. in of the this background. scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh yeah, here here we have uh, what uh, what Shai had done during her escape was she uh, in the kind of immediate past she has been hiding using the the beggar essence mark that uh, that did work uh, though apparently it's a somewhat uncomfortable experience so that that is done. I like that there was a there was another forgery done on uh, on Zoo's horse to uh, to to make it not such a fine example of horse flesh so that she could be disguised and and yeah as as sam says the uh, the the final kind of act there uh was that shy had once again gone and stolen the 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 perfect copy 
of the painting, the one that Frava had, and did it just because she says it felt amusing to to steal her own work, uh, and then leaves the frame cut open uh, with a Rio rune uh, carved in the center, and and we can look back and know that uh, there there has been some some vengeance there. That's also like now we're reaching the point of i know it was already clarified of like oh she did something kind of foolish and reckless the rail rune takes a while to carve like it is <laughs> not only is she at higher risk of getting caught i feel like i also with all the blood loss and dizziness like i find it slightly difficult to believe that she would go through all of that effort to do that specific rune and the way i headcanon it is that Shy looks back on the experience and is like, yeah, that went really well. I really showed them. But as as is clarified, it is Shy Zan who makes the decision to do the foolish thing. And it is still Shy Zan when she gets back on the horse. And I like to imagine Shy Zan is very powerful and very strong, but a little bit of a himbo. And like <laughs> Shy's memory of this is, oh yeah, that went really, really well. And we cut back to the carving and it's like this shitty children's doodle that's attempting to be the Rail Rune, but it looks really, really poorly done. Hmm. I was thinking the same thing, but because of the aforementioned blood loss and dizziness. Just like, yeah. I'm gonna draw this rune. It's complicated, but I've got it. And then we cut to the rune itself. It's just like really squished. But, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that's the final action that she took in, uh, in the the imperial palace uh she has now she's going to go uh lay low in the the forest for a while to uh to keep out of frava's way uh and then her next task is going to be to go track down the imperial fool who got her into this mess in the first place because uh i guess he needs his ass kicked or something (laughs) uh and then we're going to close our story with uh with gautana looking at a forgery right as right as we had uh, we had opened it where gautana has because shy gave it to him gautana has the the kind of real version of shy's notes the one that actually does explain the the emperor's soul essence mark and he's he's it's late at night after the the speech he's reading through these notes he's seeing there is no secret way to to control what Ashravan is going to do. Uh, and not only is that, but uh, this is, like Shai had said, this is a forgery that is maybe slightly better than the original, which helps you not able to tell the difference uh, because she kind of nudged Ashravan along where he's going to take some time to to do some introspection, to really look back on his journal, look back on, on his life because of the injury, uh, and maybe make some changes and, and see where that takes him. And uh, as she says, maybe it's the, the him that would have been. And uh, Gautana reads this this over. He, he can see now that it's pointed out because of Shai's notes uh, that, uh, that, that that is what's going to happen. And... Uh, he is he's weeping over the beauty of this piece of art here and also knows that the only way that it can be the piece of art that it, that it is is if nobody ever knows that it happened 
And so as we close this book, he takes these notes and he burns them. And that is my favorite scene in the book of, of Gautana taking this yeah. book in tears and, and slowly putting it into the fire. I, I love it. I think that's my favorite scene as well. Yeah. It's just, it, just all the complicated questions we've brought up about, you know, what, what is the moral right thing to do here? Like, all f- sort of fading away for a second just in the face of this is a master of her craft and her magnum opus and just having to sit and be overwhelmed by that it's 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 stunning it's so artistically done um yeah i it's interesting because yeah even on the second to last page i'm still reading those notes and shy is like i made some adjustments i'm effectively changing someone's personality without their consent but it's it's it still counts as his soul like she's she's claiming that like oh because it's the person he could have been it's not like I'm really changing him that much. And even that feels kind of fucked up to me. That doesn't, I don't know if I really agree with that. But yeah, the, the big reveal of regardless of whether or not she's right, there is absolutely an art to what she's done. And it is, yeah, this grand masterpiece. And Gautona kind of comes full circle and recognizes sometimes the most artistic thing to do with a wonderful piece of art is to burn it. Um, as one final com- call back to the painting. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's great. It's a, it's, it's a fantastic way to, to close the story. All right. Uh, yeah, we've we've once again finished a book in, in rapid succession from the last one. Uh, we do have a little bit of, of updating the cast sheet to do. This is a, uh, a, a much slimmer list, but we do have one or two things to, uh, to add there. Uh, and then let's, uh, let's just look over the whole thing and, and see what it is we just read. Uh, Sam, do you want to start us off with a uh, an update or two for, for your side of the sheet? Yes. Uh, I did not cast Ashravan yet because we hadn't like seen him yet. Right. Um, so uh, I have a casting and I am super strong feelings about it. It's Hiroyuki Sonata for me. 100%. Ooh, Ooh that's, that, I like that. <laughs> yeah. He's got the he's got the vibes. He's got the the combination of like quiet wisdom, plus that little like arrogance almost that mm-hmm. Ashervan kind of exhibits. So uh, I like it. <laughs> I like him for that. Okay. Um, and then Gautana, I've got uh, Song Kang Ho. Uh, so, uh, but older. He's, he's got the vibes as well. <laughs> we're, we're not allowed to make this movie for another 10 years. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and I... I don't know. I was brainstorming uh, what actors could I could pick for this. I just recently finished watching, uh, for the second time, The Equalizer 3, which is entirely set in Italy, but there's a character in it named Enzo who I saw it and I was like, that's fucking Gautona. But here's the problem... Gautana is not Italian. <laughs> not so, so much. He's not not Italian. Coded His also. name weirdly sounds Italian, but no, the character is not. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I gotta find somebody who's got the same vibes, and I just brainstormed and couldn't do it. So I, I elicited some help here, but uh, but I got there. Song Kang Ho. Okay. All right, uh, Caleb. I know we had a uh, a guard or two who we also now have names for, which I believe uh, 
I think your criteria was just that we had a physical description. I don't know if you said they need to be named, but that definitely does help get them on your cast list. So we'll, we'll add it those is, as well. It is usually, if it's if we get physical description and name, for sure cast. Okay. Um, but then we get things like Blood Sealer, and it's like, doesn't we don't technically get his name, but we get the physical description, and he's clearly like a notable character. Right. But yes, we get a name and description, a rather in-depth description given their screen time. Um, so yes, for Hurley, I have Eric Bowser because I need one person who has in some way been affiliated with Critical Role in every single one of these, <laughs> and he was on one one shot that they did. Um, he's mostly in voice acting, but he's 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 a, he's a cool guy. And then for Yill, I have Sherry Cola, who I recently saw in um, uh, Joyride. It's a movie I saw recently, and she was very good in that. And I also just, keeping in mind this is a novella, but it will probably be made into a feature-length movie. Um, we're probably going to need to pad it out a little bit. And both of these are very good um, improvisers, so I think you could have some fun scenes between Shy and the guards to kind of flesh things out a little bit more um, if we get some good talent on these two. So, yeah. Some guard banter, TM. Classic, classic guard banter. <laughs> Did you recast the Blood Sealer once you. you nah, I'm keeping it. Or... Nah, it's too late. Hell yeah. It's happening now. <laughs> oh, I didn't cast the Blood Sealer. And I can't think of anyone. So, there. No, wait, I did. I fucking did. You did last did. time. Yeah, you did last Irwin time. Yeah. Case. I just didn't write it down because I did ad hoc. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, uh, I was. I think when I was uh, getting ready for these these first couple of episodes, and especially coming off of the enormous cast list of Elantris, I was going through and I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I can name every character in Elantris that we would cast. And I think I had all of the uh, the ones that both of you had cast. I did not remember the two guards' names before we reread. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the whole list right there. All right. Uh, yeah, we, we finished a book. It only took us two episodes, and so there's not as much kind of looking back to do. Uh, but I, I'm very interested to know. I, I know I, I haven't been shy about the fact that I like this book quite a lot. I also haven't been shy. That's a different person. Uh, <laughs> I had to make the joke before someone else did. Um, Damn. But... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what uh, what each of you thought about uh, reading something quite a bit shorter and quite a bit further in Brandon's career and uh, something a little bit different from the stuff that we've we've otherwise read. I think I might volunteer to go first here sure thing. for, go for a, a specific reason, which is that I'd, I liked this story a lot. I mm -hmm. really, really liked it. I think I got a little bit more frustrated than the rest of you did. So I'm just going to start off with the, with the, the most negative of the four little overviews we're going to get here um and the first thing i want to ask justin yes my theory section last time yes took some l's not great <laughs> there was one theory in there that we didn't get confirmation on but is something that i could imagine brandon confirming outside of book you have you have one cell here that's highlighted in green oh yes hoyt is the imperial fool yes we got one baby <laughs> let's go. go uh and i i mentioned um in the first episode where there was originally originally shy's first scene in this book was the fool coming to confront her in her cell 
and that Brandon cut it because it was it was kind of too much of a distraction from the character who we're actually going to be focused on for the rest of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason for that distraction was any scene that Hoyd shows up in draws a certain type of attention. And that wasn't... <laughs> he, he wasn't going to show up in the rest of the book. So it was not what Brandon wanted to do. Yeah, I kind of... I, I think Mistborn has done it best of having him show up like sporadically throughout the middle. It was a little weird that he shows up at the very, very end of Elantris, like with the crates. I feel like it would be even worse and weirder in terms of pacing to have him show up at the very, very beginning. So that makes sense to me. Um, But uh, yeah, good to know that. I got one in there. Um, And I, I don't think this is just me being a sore loser. It may come across that way. And if so, feel free to call me on it. But I, even though I loved the book a lot, I found myself getting frustrated not because my theories were wrong, but because I think my theories being wrong were symptomatic of uh, questions that I had, and then the answers were just either barely anything or just answered in a much different way than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of that is because we read one half and then waited a week and then read the other half, and so that affects how I think about the story. On a reread, I'm sure I'm going to love this book way more Um but I, my theories were all based around the plot threads I found most interesting. And then a lot of those just didn't quite get very satisfying answers. Like I was fascinated with the idea of there being a second forger and something going on there. Second forger barely matters. It barely factors into the second half of the book. Um, there's the weirdness of Ashravan had this weird change in attitude and a weird change in relationship with Gaotona. I agree from like a humanitarian, like a, a, a sociology aspect, really interesting that it was kind of a gradual change. As someone who is expecting a big reveal, a little bit disappointing from a plot perspective that it was just kind of like, oh, it was just a very natural thing. Um, I even like with the thing with the simple life essence mark, I had the thought process of like, oh, it would be super like if Frava found out about that, it would be a really terrifying threat to say, hey, I could just force this stamp onto you and you'd be gone forever. And that stamp is really interesting for Shai's character, but also doesn't affect the plot very much. Um, I was, I don't know, I guess a little bit frustrated that like there's this big thing of on day 76, gotta escape. Then she waits like almost a whole month to escape and it's because of her pride And again, from a character standpoint, I'm not upset that she did that. But I think I am upset with the fact that she kept making decisions that I would consider reckless or foolish. And then the story is like, yeah, she was right to do that. That was all that was all good, which kind of contrasts with the first half of the book where being very careful and patient and clever was the key to survival. That just doesn't happen as much. And then I think my biggest bummer of the finale is that aside from the thing with the Bloodstealer's letters, there's barely any mind games. I loved the mind games. That was what I loved so much about the first half. And there's just kind of not really any mind games after a certain point in the book. And I was a little bit bummed about that as well. Um, Specifically, like, being in a room with a person where both of you know secrets and you don't know which secrets the other person knows and having to play off of each other on that. We just kind of don't really get that anymore, even though that's what I loved most about the first half of the book. 
taking aside all of my expectations and just looking at the book objectively, it works very, very well. I've, I, that's all my negatives. I'm done with all my negatives. It's still a very, very strong, fantastic book that I did very, very much like. Shy is a fantastic main character. Once I understood what Brandon was going for, the dynamic between her and Gaotona is really, really cool. I love that final, final scene because of the thematic, like, wraparounds of um, the painting burning and what Shy thinks of, of herself as an artist and the art she's doing. Um, as one cohesive whole, it works really, really well. And I think if I had read it all at once, I probably wouldn't have all the frustrations I did. There were just some things holding it back based on what I enjoyed in the first half and did not get much of in the second half. Uh, the second half just kind of happens to focus on different things than I was expecting it to and that I kind of wanted it to, even though the things it focuses on turn out to be very, very cool and strong. Um, uh, and then the last little detail I love is there is like a two-page postscript at the end. Um, and uh, that was also really interesting because it's a big spiel about, we've talked about this before on the podcast, of the thing of um, write what you know. Well, if all I know is being a straight white guy from the the uh midwest how am i supposed to write more like colorful stories with more characters that show more perspectives and just has a really cool like take on that and how like it's about listening to those around you and learning from those around you and using the things you learn about to build off of what you already know about how people work in general uh, the postscript was also just really really nice is the main thing so on the whole, I imagine if I reread it, I would probably feel differently. But as of right now, I give The Emperor's Soul 8.5 bloody seals made out of someone's bones out of 10. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I I think um, I, I wonder how much of that was influenced by the, the kind of format of this whole endeavor with reading Sanderson books all right in a row and broken up into chunks and discussing them in depth. I, I see where there there was kind of a uh, a mismatch there of there are things that I think definitely could have been delved into with a longer book. Uh, but I I also agree on like the parts that I really liked. And then I need to mark down eight and a half bloody bone stamps. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to take it from here, Sam? I'll take it from here. Uh, so to this point in this podcast, uh, the ongoing joke has been, has Sam opened the book? At least in the Discord. <laughs> um, I've shared memes about it, about like draw 25 or open the book uh, and my hand with 25 cards in it. Um, I did not have that problem with this goddamn book. <laughs> I, I was enthralled. Uh, I mean, there were a couple moments like near the middle where it was kind of dragging a little bit, um, but the contents, you know, kept me, it, they were peppered in enough that I kept like Spider-Man with his web holds, you know, grabbing those little points and pulling me forward. Um, <laughs> and then on day 98, uh, I had to, <laughs> sorry, boss, uh, I, I read a little bit while I was working. Um, and then a crisis happened, and I had to stop suddenly. And you know when that happened? <laughs> On day 98. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> in the middle of day 98. And so I, I went home, and I, I was like, well, fuck, I got to make dinner. I got to eat. I got to 
do all this other, you know, getting ready stuff. Uh, you know, parents are in town, this whole thing. Um, and then uh, the next day, I literally woke up at 6 a.m. and I was like, book. <laughs> I always wake up at 6 a.m., but still, it was book. It was my first thought. And I read it and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, Shy was a great character. Maybe the most clever we've seen thus far. Uh, Geotona was a classic character trope that was written to an excellent, respectful, well-rounded extent. Uh, Frava was a crafty villain. I liked her. Uh, she was a little cartoonish at some points, but that's okay. Um, you know, you gotta kind of spice up your villain. It's good. Um, and, uh, just above all, like, this is a really interesting flexed writing muscle for Brandon. And I feel like this might be like a, 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 a challenge of like, I want to see if I can write this book that is completely not coded to my culture in any way and then bring it to like a respectful and well-rounded well-written and totally believable extent and he does like he pulls it off a hundred percent there are no points in this book where i was cringing and going like okay that's a little weird for you to be doing that in this uh you know rose empire culture or whatever there's none of that it was just so so great <laughs> so respectfully and carefully and craftily written that i i really enjoyed it so yeah probably my favorite almost thus far honestly um i'm really excited to see uh stormlight archives and that whole arc because later work seems to be really solid all right ready for crab yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i can definitely say that uh beth and i have uh the utmost sympathy for you in terms of uh poor timing and when you want to finish the book uh yeah. there's there's definitely a point especially with the longer works where you need to be very strategic about how far you go how late in the evening when you're getting towards the end of the book because there's a certain point where god damn it you have to finish the book tonight even if that ends up being 3 a.m i've been there more than once so uh yeah i i i, I can completely understand your uh, your feelings on i know there's a lot going on right now but i really just want to go finish this book and if you're enjoying brandon seems to be trying out a different writing muscle and writing a different genre slash culture Get ready for Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, because that book slaps. Yeah. Uh, but, but also get ready very slowly, because uh, that's going to yeah. be... I was going like... to say, I think we've got a while before we get to that one, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I have I have been told, I specifically am really going to like that one, so I am letting the hype build for years on end. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> looking behind the curtains, uh, I have not yet decided where we're going to do the, the Secret Project books. Uh Roughly, this podcast is going to track publication order, which would put them all after Stormlight 4 and kind of all in a row. Um, but we've got some other things that are shifting around slightly to kind of like break up the routine of do a Stormlight book, then do some other stuff. So some of those may shift earlier, uh, but also there's some some Cosmere knowledge that you might need. So they also may stay pretty late in the series. We'll see. 
we will we'll get to that when we get to that yeah anyway this book is very good <laughs> um i think i think my biggest criticism sam you touched on it earlier of like shy sort of plans something out and then it it happens accordingly like the biggest setback is she didn't expect zoo to come in the room but she still had a trap ready for him so she was she was still able to handle that with with a plum so i i feel like this book could have used one like major unexpected setback um that shy then has to rethink some of her plans in order to overcome but overall one of my biggest storytelling pet peeves is like a plot twist just for the sake of having one um or like nope had nothing else to that train of thought we're gonna stick with that <laughs> um and i i think that the fact that this is a a fairly simple story executed extremely well is ex extra refreshing on the heels of elantris where we were talking about how at the end, like, a bunch of Chekhov's guns were going off that we were like, wait, what's going on with that one? What was that? The that was a gun? Oh, that was a gun? Yeah. <laughs> so not having any of those was was kind of nice. But yeah, the, the characters are, are lovely. I love Shy. Uh, her relationship with Gaotona is so interesting and I think wholesome, but I'm not sure. And the fact that I'm not sure is also very interesting. Um, Gaotona on his own like we see a little bit less of his development but you know having him sort of realize midway through like oh this is the pressure I exert on other people this is how other people see me and then we see the ripple effect of that throughout the rest of the story very interesting um, I agree Frava is a little bit over overdone at points but is, is good to have like some concrete villains so quote in her and zoo so just a, an excellent cast of characters we're dealing with uh and the magic system is very cool and like i said probably i was gonna say <laughs> none of us have talked about it <laughs> yeah we, but it's it's just so unique like hand wavy elantrian style magic we've seen that kind of thing before like i think allomancy is a really cool system but the idea of like get certain magical thing that will result in different magical effects like that sort of overall vibe we've seen before i can't think of any magic systems that are sort of in this realm um it's it's very interesting and 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 beautiful and very satisfying to picture the work being done um so yeah this this book slaps it's very good uh, if you so, uh, haven't read it yet and you're listening to this, what are you doing? Go read it. Two thumbs <laughs> up from Beth. All right. Uh, is that because you liked it more or because you had more hands free? I'm still holding the tweezers I was fidgeting with last time. <laughs> I've put them down in the interim. I haven't just been holding them for five days straight. Um, but I realized, as I did last time, I have the technology to uh, enclose it in my hand and still make a thumbs up. So I'm using the skills that I learned. Character development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this goes in the podcast lore. <laughs> if I could just uh, jump in because I forgot to talk about the magic system. Let's talk about the magic system. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to jump in. That's another detail of the postscript is that um, Brandon came up with the soul stamp magic while visiting. 
I don't want to get this wrong. I think it was China, but I don't want to, I don't want to be wrong about that. Um, yes, China. Um, and then he was like thinking about where it would fit into the Cosmere. And he, he basically decided, well, it's kind of similar to Cell. And I agree that, that Aeon Door is more hand wavy than this is. And I think this is, I wasn't completely sold on it last episode. I'm on board with Soul Stamps now. I think they're really, really cool. And um, I think it's also, I, I think Soul Stamps are a cooler aspect, but Beth, you mentioned of like, it's kind of unlike most other magic systems you see in fiction. And yeah, specifically the idea, and this does, this is kind of its link with Aendor, the idea of magic via art, like it, it is art. You are carving into a thing to make a specific shape, and that shape in of itself has a beauty to it in order to create something else that is beautiful in a magical way. Um, and yeah, it's just really, really cool. And whereas Aendor feels more scholarly, I'm going to draw this very specific thing. Um, I love... I love all the discussions about art in this book and the fact that the magic system is so closely ingrained with that discussion is really, really cool. If you like art through magic, magic through art, and discussions of what does and doesn't count, get ready for Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. <laughs> oh boy, I'll get to read it one day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, and as for as for myself, like I, I haven't... Uh, like, like I said, I've, I've talked a lot about how I really, really like Emperor's Soul. Um, I was actually, I was talking with some of my my friends from work who are also Sanderson fans and also uh, listen to this podcast. Hello, all. Uh, and we were we were talking about um, ranking the the different Cosmere books. And I I still have never like actually gone by a book to book list of of all of them. Uh, but people started making tier lists using tiermaker.com. And so I said, all right, why not? I'll do one too. Uh, Emperor's Soul is a, a pretty easy S tier for me. Um, I I love forgery as the magic system. Um, I I think uh, both from the like the aesthetic sense of, of carving the stamps and then seeing what they can do. Uh, and then also the, the cosmeric sense of how you are you you are appealing to an object's history and trying to kind of convince it to take an alternative track i think is is fascinating as well um i really like the 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 weird possibly fucked up relationship that uh <laughs> and gautana have um i i love the the ending especially uh of seeing of seeing how it all falls together where Gautana realizes that I, I can't even say that he's been played because that's the thing is that he wasn't he shy told him how did you play me I didn't right I, I, I was honest with you for once uh, and then seeing the the payoff with Ashurvan especially I love that um, like I, I, the final lines of this book I think are maybe one of my favorite endings in the whole Cosmere, just from like a, a literary sense. Um, so it's, it, it's in close competition. Two of the other books that I've given S ranks to on my, my tier list are Mistborn one and Mistborn three. So of the things that we've read so far, it's, it's in close competition. 
but this might be, you know, I'm going to say it. I think this is my favorite thing that we've read so far on the podcast of the, of the books we've read. Dang. So. Yeah. I'll co-sign that. It is funny you mentioned tier lists because I was literally, as I was saying, getting ready to deliver my 8.5 bones rating. Um, <laughs> I had the actual thought of like, should I make a tier list out of this? Um, and so, yes, I have, I have pondered the same thing. There is, um, I was watching, this is not a Sanderson rereading podcast, but it is a, a kind of re revisiting podcast. Um, the original plan, the podcast was, was called from rewatch with love. Uh, and the original plan was to, to rewatch every James Bond movie, uh, and then, and timed such that the uh, the podcast would conclude with whatever the most recent one was. I don't remember. Um, with the the like final rewatch episode being a week before that, and then it would come out, and they do an episode on that one, and then it was delayed for like a year and a half or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they they went through the the whole James Bond series, and they did a they did tier lists of the movies and then also of the, the theme songs. Uh, and it was, it's, I think actually a good way to do it. Uh, and we're, you know, five stories in now, so too late on that. But if you do (laughs) build it as you go, then you can just kind of answer like, do I think this was better than Elantris? Okay. It goes higher than Elantris. Do I think this was better than Will of Ascension? And just like, like try to slot it in where it is in your existing list. So again, I'm not going to uh, demand that anyone make said tier list. Just like you're, you're free to give a numerical rating or not. Uh, but I'm, I'm considering actually trying to put them all in order if I can. I'm not strong enough for that. It's too stressful. <laughs> oh God. Continue my really scientific thumbs up ratings. That's fair. I mean, I mean the tier list is actually better than having to order all of them because if you decide I like that one about as much as this one, right. then you could just put them on the same grade yep. and no, there's I... no competition anymore. That's true. I am tempted by that. It seems like it's less pressure. I was, we talked about ranking the Mistborn trilogy on its own. And I think that was difficult for all four of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay uh yeah i think that just about does it for the emperor's soul uh this was i think this was the first book that could have gone in a lot of different places in our reading order um because we did jump ahead a little bit publishing wise uh but i'm glad we did it when we did just because i think we all really enjoyed it and it was it was good to to come off of elantris which is a book that we all enjoyed but wanted to see executed better to go to a book that I think we all agree was executed very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. As for where we go from here, uh, we are, again, going to take a bit of a break. We didn't take one between uh, Elantris and Emperor's Soul. Uh, we're going to take one now. Uh, I'm not actually sure how long this one's going to be. We need to kind of catch up with things, make sure that we we get another episode buffer at, at, again, uh, as we're going into the holiday season, some of us, Beth, are going to be very busy. Um, Christmas is coming. <laughs> the goose uh, is getting fat. Yeah, it's a it's a, a merry Christmas carol to us all. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're gonna be we're going to be building up to that when we can. Uh, 
we will absolutely be announcing on our various social medias when we are ready to get started again. Uh, but we've we've mentioned it a couple times. The next thing that we are doing is Stormlight Book One. We are going to the Way of Kings uh, for our our next our next story. Hell yeah! So we go from a uh, a book that we're covering in two episodes to a book that we're covering in twenty. Ooh. Oh this, boy! Yeah, this we're is starting a big to get one. beefier, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, we'll talk lots more about this in our episode zero, which will be uh, will be right before we get started again. So that'll be in a couple of weeks for for y'all. Uh, but Stormlight is the big one. Uh, it is going to be ten books total. Each of those books are about a thousand pages in hardcover. It's a lot of book. Holy shit. There's gonna, gonna be a be lot like... of book at these books. <laughs> yeah. Twenty episodes at one episode a week. The the first one was a thousand pages, and they're just getting bigger every time. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sam, you were you were doing the, the timeline math there. This is a this is a couple of months on this book alone. This is five months on this book yes. alone. <laughs> Holy snap. That's a uh, lot. Yeah, I have I have not, uh, and I'm actually I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at the word counts per chapter, and I might tweak this a little bit as well. So I'm not sure it'll probably be twenty, um, maybe twenty one. But uh, looking ahead at the the four Stormlight books that have been published at this point, and just based on word count, it's not always a perfect way to do it of just dividing the word count by my target word count per episode because of the way they break up. But it usually gets close. Uh, but if that's correct, then our Stormlight books are going to take 21, 23, 25, and 26 episodes. Brandon, you got to slow down. I want to read Yumi one day. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the, the Sanderson fan experience is. And, and like, I, I don't want to induce comparisons to other fantasy authors and like, the quantity of writing is far from the only criteria that one could one should consider but good god the man writes so much <laughs> we're dying <laughs> please so yeah i think uh we're gonna wrap things up here we're gonna sign off for a couple of weeks uh but uh be ready to rejoin us with the wave kings when we're ready for that i'm i'm very much looking forward to it hell yeah and I'm Sam. And you're Sam. But uh, but we'll have to do that again because I need to talk about where you can find all our stuff. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, this episode, all of our episodes, uh, you can keep an eye on for, for the future at alwaysanotherpodcast.com. Uh, that also has our email contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com. Uh, you can talk future Cosmere stuff if you want there because Beth and I take a look at that first. Uh, our social medias where we will be informing you when we're going to get started again so if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode take a look there that's twitter at always another pod instagram at always another pod and mastodon at always another pod at kind dot social that's i think everything we've got for emperor soul for this episode he's still sam we'll see you all later so the thing, if you're making a soul stamp prop for a movie, is if you think about safety class and how there's like certain lines that are weaker than others purposefully so that the shards are safe and not as sharp as natural glass would be, if you do the opposite where you make certain lines that are...